Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 20 of the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. Today, I'm going to share a very personal story about my surgical pre-op, post-op journey in the hopes that it will help anybody who is considering surgery or even has gone through surgery. So I have had three children and they're currently ranging between 18 and 2. And with every child, I had a little bit more of erectus diastasis. Now, for those of you who aren't medical, erectus diastasis is basically, as you can imagine, when a woman gets pregnant, her belly stretches and stretches, and the abdominal muscles really run up and down on either side of the midline of the abdomen. So if you think about somebody with washboard abs, that's why you get a six pack because you kind of get three on each side. Now, sometimes when these muscles get stretched a lot, like during pregnancy, the muscles can actually separate in the middle and there can literally be a hole, big or small, in the connective tissue and the fascia that holds them together. Now, this is very common in women that have had children, especially in women that probably had a very flat abdomen before and then the abdomen rapidly stretched, such as happens during pregnancy. I have had the rectus diastasis ever since after I delivered my first son, who, as I said, is now 18. You know, after him, it was a sort of small to medium diastasis. I could fit one or two fingers in there. Unfortunately, way back then, nobody sent you to postpartum physical therapy for this. And just the thoughts about how to heal this with conservative measures weren't the same, which is fine. Our knowledge evolves over time as a medical community. So after him, you know, I had this little gap in between and, you know, when I would do planks or anything like else, like my stomach contents would come out and I could, as I said, put, you know, a couple fingers in there, but it wasn't really a big deal. And you could see the separations when I did like a crunch, um, like a setup. Then I had my second daughter, who is now five at 36. And I had my third child, who's now almost three at close to 40. Now, after those two pregnancies, that diastasis, I think also because I was older and it got stretched and stretched again, got really, really large. I mean, to the point that anytime I could literally take four fingers, which is your whole kind of hand, mine is your thumb, not the long way, but the cross way and stuff it all the way in there. And on top of that, I had developed um, some hernias, which is even bigger holes where kind of the abdominal wall contents came out. And not only did I not love the way it looked in certain positions, but it was really starting to bother me, meaning because I love working out, I love riding my bike, I love doing yoga, I love doing 
Pilates. And um, so whenever I would really kind of tense my abdominal musculature or do something that um, that requires a lot of breath work, um, my abdominal contents would kind of come out. It was like this little alien coming out. And especially with a hernia, the hernia would really pop out and it was starting to get really uncomfortable. So I made the decision that I wanted to have this surgically corrected, not only for the looks of it, but really because it was bothering me during exercises that I really very much enjoyed. And it was bothering me during my very active lifestyle. And then also having had now two hernias or having two hernias, I did not want those hernias to get stuck at some point and require emergency surgery. So I decided to get my rectus diastasis fixed. And, you know, the plan to do that was really to, you know, have surgery and they basically sew those two parts of the muscle back together and reconstruct or sew together your abdominal wall. It is of note that after my last two children, I did go to pelvic floor and postpartum physical therapy, which was wonderful, and I highly recommend that for anybody. But again, once you have a separation that is as big as your whole hand, and just think about putting your whole hand in the middle of your abdomen and everything is that far apart, you can easily see how that would be beyond what physical therapy can do. So I decided to have my rectus diastasis repaired. And in this town, it's really firmly in the hands of plastics if you can afford it to do that because, you know, they do a lot of tummy tucks, they do a lot of reconstructions. And of course, you know, I wanted it to look nice so that I could still wear a bikini after and there wasn't going to be a huge scar and so on and so forth. So my point one is that if you're going to have surgery, especially a big surgery like that, find a surgeon that you're comfortable with. And I researched in advance. There's a couple of surgeons in the local area that I really respect, that I've referred a lot of patients to. And so I ended up making consults with two of them to see what they were going to say, what kind of surgical technique they were going to do, if they recommended there was another procedure that we add on for the best cosmetic and functional outcome. And number one, it was a really, really great experience to talk to multiple people about this. Yes, you might have to pay a consult fee, but in the end, it's worth it because it was actually really surprising to me how I completely loved the thoroughness and the methodical approach of the doctor that I chose. I mean, he was so thorough. He measured everything out. We made a really, really good plan. He asked me lots of questions. He answered any of my questions, and I felt really, really comfortable choosing him. Now, because I had done a lot of research, the other surgeon I absolutely loved as well. I just felt like she was a little bit more, yeah, I'm going to make it look great. And maybe me being a physician, I love the idea that he had the measurements and all that stuff. So, But some of that has to do with personality. I love her, and I would totally trust her with it. I just really loved the methodical kind of measured out, drawn out approach. I felt really, really comfortable, plus versus driving. 
up to another town and having to stay over. The surgery was going to be done at an outpatient surgery center locally because I needed some planning um, with taking time off work. I scheduled it out a couple months out um, because, as I said, work, but it was really nice because I got the pick of my day. I wanted to be the first case in the morning. I would highly recommend being the first case in the morning for a variety of reasons. Number one, you know, you're not going to be able to eat after midnight, so you don't then have to wait for a very long time not eating or drinking. And secondly, you know, if you're the first case, you're essentially guaranteed that your case goes on time versus them running over with the cases they've done before you and you kind of keep getting bumped. So that was kind of how I planned it, how I researched it. So for anybody who considers having any sort of especially elective or plastic surgery done, I would highly recommend, even if you know there's a surgeon that you love, and I thought I knew who I wanted to go with, and then you do a couple consults and you realize that, wow, this other person, like I really totally love their approach. To be honest, I was really, really, really nervous and anxious in the days and especially the day leading up to my surgery and the morning off. I just remembered having my husband drive me and due to COVID, like nobody can be with you in the pre-op, the post-op, the waiting, whatever area, like they have to drop you off or have to drop you off at the entrance. So my husband literally had to drop me off the little roundabout. And I remember like really laying awake, being so anxious the night before. What if something was going to go wrong? What if I was going to have a bad outcome? What if anesthesia? What if my kids? What if all these things were going through my head? And I got to say, my husband, like that morning, and his like just so pragmatic way was so wonderful to be like, look, nothing's going to happen to you. This is going to be great. Like, and I'll see you later. And I love you. And he completely managed to put me at ease. And then you obviously go through the pre-op and the waiting and the cleaning and the IV and you meet your anesthesiologist and you get versed on the way to the OR. So you don't really remember anything until you wake up. And I remember waking up and apparently I had already woken up before and the surgeon had talked to me and had fallen asleep and I don't even remember, but I remember waking up and I had the most wonderful post-op nurse and she kind of chatted with me and there was only two of us there whose cases were kind of being monitored right now. And it was such a good experience and I felt great. Like I was like, oh, I'm ready to go. I want to go pee. I'm going to get out of here um, because that is really like the thing that you have to do, you have to be able to get out of bed and you have to be able to go use the bathroom <laughs> before they let you go. So I was like, yeah, give me that orange juice or apple juice or ginger ale, whatever you want me to drink. I felt like a million bucks, like let me get out of bed. And I did, I got out of bed and you know, I used the bathroom with her help. Um, and then because they don't let you go alone. And then I was like, yeah, ready to go. Um, the surgeon came by one more time after another case, because I couldn't remember talking to him earlier. And he was great. He explained that everything had gone wonderfully, that it was a perfect surgery, and that, you know, I was going to see him on post-op. They do discuss all the post-op 
procedures with you already beforehand so that you know kind of the post-up care. And I found myself in this like abdominal binder. So after a big abdominal surgery, you are in this like binder stocking thing that literally is almost like one of those garments some people wear where it is like biker shorts onesie all the way to like just below your breasts and it has a corset and it has zippers and then I found myself packed with all the stuff and I had two drains and the way they do it is like you're hunched over right that is lesson number one you're not going to be able to stand up straight but I kind of got up and I was like hunched over pretty much almost at a 90 degree angle and I hobbled out of the hospital because they had called my husband and I got into the truck and I went home and you know the first day really wasn't that bad because I still had all those IV meds on board. I had picked up my post-op meds already beforehand and so the day of the surgery really was not bad. I mean, it had taken most of the day. I was still sleepy. I still had IV pain meds on board. And so I went home and I went to bed. Now, one of the other things that I had done, which was at the recommendation of my friend Marsha, who had had some orthopedic surgery, was I needed to buy a new bed for one of my spare bedrooms anyway. So I had bought one of those with a motor that puts your head up and down and your feet up and down because I was like, hey, this would actually be great. You know, if somebody's ever visiting, if somebody's getting older, you know, yes, she said, look, get one of those beds because you're not going to be able to get up and down after surgery so it can help you sit up and Thank you, Marsha, if you're listening to this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was the greatest idea because remember how I said I was hunched over? I could not lay flat. I was like at a 90 degree angle sort of bound um, with the padding, with the drain, with the corset, and the fact that I could just go into this elevated bed and didn't have to sit in a recliner was wonderful because I literally had the bed set like with the top all the way up and the feet up and I sort of rolled myself in there and went to sleep. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night in so much pain that I was like, oh my God, where's this Percocet? Because suddenly all those IV meds had worn off. And remember how I said they sewed and opened up my entire midline, like from the sternum all the way to your pubic bone. And then I had an incision from one hip bone to the other hip bone. And so suddenly I was in so much pain and I took the Percocet and I don't know that it really worked that well. Thank God I didn't really have to move. I had my bed that was elevated, but days one to three, I mean, I guess the first day post-op to the third day post-op, I was in more pain than I anticipated. You know, I think I had this idea because I was young, I was healthy, I was in good shape, that 
the surgery was kind of going to be a breeze. And they warned me that it was a major surgery. And let me tell you, listen to the professionals. This is the other lesson that I learned when a physician who is an expert tells you something, you listen. Now, I did listen, but I think I kind of thought, well, that applies to other people. That doesn't really apply to me. I'm medical. I'm in good shape. And oh, my God. So I have a friend who is a surgeon. And I was like, I am in so much pain. What do I do? And she said, well, you know, you can take two of your Percocets. That's fine. But it wasn't really the two of the Percocets that helped that much. Um, what she actually recommended that really, really helped was to up the Tylenol. So, you know, Percocet only has 325 of Tylenol. So I ended up taking another 650 of Tylenol and really adding that Tylenol, I think, made more of a difference than adding a second Percocet. So here I was now in a lot of pain, stuck in my inclined bed with some books. I didn't have TV and it was not that fun because again, as I was trying to get out of bed and walk around, I was still in this garment with these trains, with all this padding and bent over, back hurting, belly hurting, post-up is not that much fun. Let me give you another shout out to one of my wonderful friends, Tabitha, who literally stopped by every day post-op because she realized how much this post-op journey was going to suck, even though I thought, oh, I'm going to be fine. She brought me soups. She brought me candy. She brought me all the things I like. And on day like four, she was like, let's go wash your hair. And she gave me, like, helped me wash my hair, which made me feel so much better. And, you know, oh, also, because you're stuck in this post-op thing, the only thing that will fit is either jammies or, like, bulky sweatpants and a bulky sweatshirt. And none of those really make you feel that good about yourself, because here you are, you know, at least I had washed hair, but... I'm stuck in pajamas or sweatpants. And when we talk about your self-image and feeling good about yourself, this was not the time. So to tell you, you will be stuck in a post-op garment and you can just kind of sort of kiss that first week goodbye in terms of you're going to be in bed. You're going to be either hurting or sleeping or maybe a little bit reading, you know, watching whatever. You're going to be entirely useless to anybody in your household. So please make sure you have lots of help. I'm really lucky, of course, that my mother-in-law helped with the children, that my husband did everything. But yeah, I was useless. And that's okay because right post-up is a resting time. So I'm catching myself in this expectation, right, putting that we put on ourselves that, oh, well, despite having surgery, I should do all these things. I think one of the things this really taught me also was to embrace the fact that now, right now, is my time to rest and heal. I'm going to be in this inclined bed or I might be on the couch in the next room over, but that's all I'm going to be and it's okay. It's okay to let other people take care of you. It's okay to feel like right now you're not contributing because I had to embrace it and it was a wonderful lesson to learn. And you know what? 
people were wonderful and I loved receiving their love. I loved receiving their messages. I loved the people that checked in on me. I loved the people that came over. I loved the people that cooked me food, that took care of my children. Like it's so much like love and care that you get to receive, especially those of us who are always the caretakers for everybody else, right? The ones that always take care that never need anything. So receiving all the support and receiving all the love was really, really amazing. So then about five days later, I had my post-op appointment. And, um, you know, I go there and they pulled the drain and they took off the garment, which was gross at this point. Um, and they removed all the packing. Um, actually, I was really afraid the drain pulling was going to hurt because, you know, my belly was still hurting and they're pulling a drain that's in your abdomen. But actually, even though I was super nervous about that, they pulled it and I didn't feel a thing because you're still kind of numb because all your nerves have been cut. And so they pulled the drain, they changed the garment and... You know, I felt a little bit more like myself because at least even though I was still not able to stand completely straight, at least now I didn't have all this drain that I had to hide under stuff and clip to things. And I didn't have all this packing and I could take off the garment every day to shower and wash my hair and do all this stuff. So five to seven days out, there was definitely now this time where I was not taking the strong pain medicine anymore. I could drive. I could at least like get around my house, even though I still couldn't pick up my kids, of course, or do anything strenuous. Um, there was still a lot of resting time. So I really rested and slept every day, which my body needed to heal after major surgery. So while the kids were gone, I legit slept. And, you know, those couple of weeks that I was off work really went by super fast. I had taken three weeks off work. I do stuff that requires me to move around, to stand up straight. I did see the one or other patient in my office that for some reason or another I wanted or had to see, but again, for small, quick things. And then I rested and I wore my garment and you know, every day kind of got a little better knowing what your body can and can't do. And it's interesting because even after a couple of weeks, like a 10 minute walk would feel like so much, you know, going up the stairs quickly. And you know, when you've done too much and you really sort of get in touch with this weaker side of your body, I guess lessons from the second part are allow people to take care of you. Be prepared that you are going to just rest and recover and probably sleep for a week and be zonked out and not be useful. And I think in the society where we measure so much of who we are by what we do, that's really an important lesson that sometimes we just need to rest and it's okay to let other people do. And it's okay to let other people take care of us. So I received so much support and love and it really was a mindset shift of me to not be superwoman and to not do all the things and to just rest and relax and 
I think I did a good job. Like I really followed instructions. You know, unfortunately, I did get a post-op seroma, which is not that uncommon. And definitely my surgeon did nothing wrong. It's just because it was such a big surgery. There was this fluid collection that developed. It was not infection. It was just regular post-op fluid, but it caused some swelling. And so I had to have that aspirated three times in the office, which I'm glad they did it in the office. Um, it's one of the things that happened. It's a tiny little, I guess, adverse outcome, we would say, complication, but it's not really a serious one. And it's one that resolves. Um, so I wore the binder for... God, I think it was like six weeks that they said, and I was really religious about it. After a while, you can take it off to sleep. Um, but it is funny because it almost becomes your security blanket because it does keep you stable. It keeps your abdomen protected. And then the first time you kind of like move in bed without it on and suddenly you have that ping of pain that tells you you've turned wrong. It is quite a interesting feeling. It's an interesting feeling to be so weak and to have to rehab yourself and have to love yourself through the weakness and the recovery and the rest. Um, I was told that at about the three month mark, I could start working out again. And I tried going back to like beginner Pilates. And honestly, I was not ready for it. I felt really unstable. I had sharp, sharp, deep pains when I tried to flex in a certain way. And so I took another month off and for that month just kind of gently walked and, you know, which is probably more like a beginner workout exercise. And then month four, after four months, I went back to Pilates and again, slowly worked up my way. You know, I've done it for so long that I did a lot of modifications. I really did not care if I couldn't do anything. And I'm going to be honest, like I did have some sharp pains in my abdomen doing certain things till about the five or six months mark. So with deep, deep flexion, um, I would get these weird deep pulls or shooting pains. And I think it did take a whole like six months for that to go away. Um, I also had swelling of my abdomen for probably six months. And I do think it took probably a good six to seven months until I felt like my body was where it was before in terms of strength, stability, in terms of that feeling that your body is yours, um, that I could really extend like an upward dog or do back bends without any pulls or deep the deep flexion, and that I had that same feeling of ownership and connection with my body in its now newer way post-surgical. So it's a journey. It's a journey that taught me a lot. I'm so glad that I had the surgery done because now when I exercise, I don't have the same discomfort. I don't have the balls. I don't have to sort of once in a while reduce a hernia and hope it doesn't get stuck. Um, the cosmetic outcomes are good, even though I have a big surgical scar. Um, but I really learned what it's like to be a patient, how even though I'm a medical provider, I was super anxious and scared before. So it's okay to be anxious. It's okay to be scared. And, you know, as a provider, 
it just reminded me how even though for us some things are routine, for our patients they're not. Um, you know, I learned how to really support and embrace and receive all the help. I had some mindset work to do in terms of not feeling useful. And I'm so used to taking care of everybody else to get taken care of and to realize that it's okay to just lay in bed when you've just had surgery, which of course it's okay, but you know, we are our own critics. So it was some mindset work that I had to do and that I did during that time as to like, my worth is independent of anything I can do. My worth is the same and I'm worthy and I am wonderful, even if I'm just stuck in this bed right now. And people love me. And oh my God, my children were the cutest after like a couple of days. My daughter wanted to sleep in the bed with me in the up and down bed as she called it and she was just the cutest thing to wake up to and to keep me company my son would come with books to read and they were just the sweetest and I think children intuitively know how to love so it was a interesting time I'm so glad I did the surgery. I feel fantastic after. It was a journey. It was a process. It did, I think, take a full seven months. And who knows, once I look back at it, I might say, no, you know what? It really kept going for another year. But I'm now about eight or so months out. And I feel like it was about a month ago that I felt like my body was back to being completely mine and completely as strong and completely as whatever as it was before, maybe even stronger because that abdominal wall is fixed. I am doing all the things I want to do. I love the outcome. So if you're ever considering having surgery, um, of course, it's a big decision, but I'm hoping this helps to share your journey. So if I was to give somebody advice, it would be this. Uh, number one, really consult with multiple people. Don't ever get pressured into doing something with one person. Pick around because it's a big decision until you find a surgeon, sort of like in a provider that values you, that shares your goals, that you completely love and trust. Number two, really lean on your village. Be prepared to receive and cherish those that care for you. I mean, I'm so internally grateful for Tabitha who came over all the time, for, of course, my husband, for my mother-in-law who helped with the children, and for anybody else who checked in, who was encouraging, who helped run my office while I was gone, all my employees, all my colleagues who covered all the shifts. And so this is a way that your village will show up for you and I received and I'm grateful and thank you very much. So set up your village, be prepared to receive from your village and people do love you and people do care. And then I guess the third thing is that it's a journey. So even if you can go back to work at three weeks like I did, you don't feel back to normal at three weeks like your shifts are going to be harder you're not going to be yet to working out. And then your body keeps healing and your body keeps changing and our bodies are magnificent. So my journey was truly a journey 
this is a very kind of personal confession for me and a vulnerable post or a vulnerable podcast, I guess. So I hope you enjoyed it. As always, give me your feedback and especially people that have had surgery or are considering it. I am really looking forward to hearing your experiences shared. So DM me, email me, let me know, and I will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.